0: Page 528, Psalm 2, we'll read from verse 1, we'll read the whole psalm. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs, the Lord holds them in derision, Then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury, saying, as for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. I will tell tell of the decree. The Lord said to me, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me, and I will make the nations your heritage, the ends of the earth your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron and dash them to pieces like a potter's vessel. Now, therefore, O kings, be wise. Be warned, O rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the son, lest he be angry and you perish in the way, for his wrath is quickly kindled. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. And that is the the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we praise you that this word was written 3,000 years ago, indeed, by King David. We know that, but Lord God, it is still as relevant, and and looking at it now, it is perhaps more relevant than ever. Man in his rebelliousness against the Lord of creation, help us to understand what you have to say to us from it. Help us to learn and to behave in the way that your people should. And indeed, Lord God, that you would challenge the whole of mankind to turn to the Lord with all our heart and soul, to kiss the Son, lest he be angry and we be destroyed in the way. Lord God, thank you that though your anger is great and your wrath against man is great, yet you are slow to anger and abounding in love. Lord God, fill us with thanksgiving in view of these things and help us now to understand your word. Amen. 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 So last week Andrew began in Psalm 1, we're going through the Psalms for the summer, um, and basically Andrew was, was basically, uh, he, he was comparing the wicked with the godly man or woman, it was the individual whom, whom God is challenging their behaviour and their life, uh, and the result from it, it's, it's clear when you read the Psalm, but this week we focus not on the individual, but on the rulers of this world, on mankind in general. Um, and their attitude to God. And what's God like? Well, well Danny read for us what God is like from, from Isaiah. And, and the Lord says, I am the Lord. There is no other. I am God. I create light. I create darkness. I am Lord of all creation. And that is what God says to man. But the psalmist here, in, in he's relating to the nations on earth. They're trying to control their own world. And man has always tried to control his own world. And indeed, you look at individual nations, whether it would be the US or Russia, whether it was ancient Rome or Greece, every country, when it gets powerful, it just wants to be more powerful and wants to control more and more. It is part of human nature. I think I can do things better than others. That is human nature. It, it says that. So if it's a, a country that is well-educated, they'll say, well, we're more sophisticated than these poor ignorant people, these savages, therefore we should rule them. Or if they're more wealthy, they'll say, well, we can dominate them. We can show them what real life is like. You know, we, we, this, this is what... And Man always believes that we are better than others. We can show others what to do. So man is always trying to control his own world, but how is man managing it? How is he doing at at controlling his world? And you'd ask yourself, when you look around, you say, what is wrong with the world? Because you look, for example, at the US, and, and the US in the last 20 years, politically, it's ripping itself to pieces. Socially, it is ripping itself to pieces. Economically, it is struggling. And that is just the US. You come to Europe, and you think, what is happening in Europe? Countries are are getting so fractious, so disunited and and parts of Europe saying we want independence, whether it's the Catalonians from the Spanish or, or whether whether it's North and South of Ireland. Countries are splitting themselves apart. The world is tearing itself to pieces and that's just as it were the parts of, of Ireland of, of Europe of the world that I know, whether it's the U.S. or Europe, I'm not even looking at South America, I'm not looking at at Africa, I'm not looking at Asia, the the world is ripping itself to pieces. And yet man, you you look, and, and, and there's political instability, there's economic uncertainty, there's social upheaval all over the world, all those things both on a global level, but it's affecting us personally. And let's not fool ourselves. It is affecting us personally. It's as if someone has pressed the self-destruct button on this world. Self-destruct, because we seem to be doing that. And the modern world, it looks to leaders, then. And that's what, what David is, is dealing with. And we know it was King David wrote this, by the way, even though it doesn't mention it at the start. We, we know that because Peter, in his, in his sermon on the day of Pentecost, he, he mentions this psalm um, in, in Acts and he says Pete, that David wrote these words. But you ask yourself, you, you, you look at the kings and, and you look at the rulers of this world, and people are thinking, these people, they should be sorting things out. And when they do try to sort them out, people resent it because you look at France at the moment. Just this past week, there was a killing in France. It seems to have been very unjust. But people aren't waiting for the government to sort it out. They'll say, The government is wrong, we want to pull down the government, people are blaming everyone and anyone, whether it's rulers or whatever, the world is in utter turmoil. And you ask yourself, why Why is this world in such turmoil? Why is there such resentment against authority, against the government, against parents, against the law of the land? Why is there so much rebellion in this world of ours? Well, the answer I would suggest is actually quite simple. Man has rebelled against his creator and the logic is, well, if I don't have to listen to him, why should I listen to you or to anybody else? And so man is acting out his rebellious nature. Why should I listen to any authority when I don't listen to the ultimate authority? I am the captain of my soul is is the last line in that poem Invictus that people so much like, I am the captain of my soul, no one will tell me what to do. But how good a job is man doing in this world? Well, suppose, suppose you saw, a, you came across a situation of a young man, he, he's never driven before, but he, he sees others driving, and he reckons, I would like to take this, this driving thing, I'd like to learn to drive, I'd like to drive a car around From here to Dublin or whatever. And so he gets behind a wheel. Now he's never driven before, he's never had any lessons, he has no idea of the rules of the road, but he sits behind a wheel. And eventually, after stopping and starting for a number of times, he finally gets the idea of the clutch and the accelerator and and the brake because it's it's a manual car. I I borrowed someone's car during the week, um, uh, an automatic, and boy, when they got it back, they didn't realize the stopping and starting that I had done with that. Um, Any of you who've gone from a a manual to an an automatic will know what I mean. But he finally drives around in his car and as he's driving he is breaking every rule in the road because he doesn't know them. He is damaging everything. He is utterly wrecking his own car and he is killing people along the way and finally he crashes crashes and there's a guard comes up and he walks out of the car and he looks and the guard says, what are you doing? And he says, I'm not a bad driver, am I? And, and, and the guard says, look at what you've done. He said, yeah, there's a few dents, a few scratches here and there, but I reckon I'm pretty good at this driving crack. I'm, I, I can do it. And yet he's left an absolute train wreck behind him, absolutely dented and bashed everything but he's in total denial. Rubbish, he says, I can drive. Look, I got from here to Dublin, from Cork to Dublin. He's so arrogant that he cannot see his own mistakes or the damage he's doing. He's unwilling and therefore unable to see his mistakes. And that is what mankind is like in this world. Man is refusing to see the mistakes that he is making refusing to see that God's way is best the ridiculous thing is God has made laws he's given us good laws and yet man has dismissed God out of society and even banned God's laws at times because they don't suit him and it's it's for instance called hate speech if you speak of something that that is contrary to to God's to, to the law of the land, it is called hate speech. So you cannot make any judgments on on moral issues because that is hate speech. It is taking away people's freedom. Why is the world in turmoil? Because man is a sinful, selfish, corrupt, and arrogant creature. I'll say that again in case you missed any of them. Man is sinful, selfish, corrupt, and arrogant. That is mankind's nature. and and we are rebelling and that's what the psalmist is getting at here and unfortunately man cannot see his own foolishness cannot see what a sinful creature he is and the utter shambles that we are making of this world and as a result of that of our own lives why do the nations conspire and the people's plot in vain is what the psalmist says they're saying We are doing just fine. That is man saying, we're we're doing just fine. We're not perfect. But even even if we are not doing well, man is still saying to God, we do not care how much of a mess this world is in. We will not listen to your laws. We will only obey what seems best to us. And we certainly, most definitely, will not allow Jesus Christ to rule over our lives. And you just go out and and ask people outside there, what sort of government would you like over this country? Would you like democracy or would you like um, a benevolent dictatorship, a dictator who only does what's right, or would you prefer democracy where you have a say? And invariably people will say, I want democracy, I want to have my say in what's doing. And you say to them, but if you have a benevolent dictator who will only ever do what is right, Surely he would do better. Look at the mess we're making of things as they are. And, and people will still say, no, I want to say how I rule the world. And that is man, it's a simple statement of fact. Let us break the chains of religion, it says there in verse 3. Let us throw off the fetters. We don't want all these religious laws, all these moral restrictions. We do not want the old values that prevent us doing what suits us. We want freedom. If only we could only get rid of religion and all those religious views, surely the world would be better off. And people will say, but, but look at what religion has done. Look at all the wars through the world that have been fought in the name of religion. And it's true, there have been many wars fought in the name of religion, many people killed in the name of religion. But in this past century or so, wars haven't been fought over religion. Look at World War I. I think it was about 20 million did that, were killed in that. Look at World War II. There were between 50 and 70 million died in World War II. And they weren't religious wars. That was man acting out his own sinful rebelliousness. Man has taken his killing and made it on an industrial scale. So man cannot say that religion is the cause of all the deaths. No man when he puts religion aside is indeed far worse. You put Stalin or Mao Zedong or Pol Pot in charge and you have a far worse world. Because man doesn't need to, to kill with a sword anymore like he did in the past. No it's a press of a button and it isn't the individual who's killed. It's the whole household or it's the whole village or even the whole city such as Hiroshima just a press of a button man has increased his killing as I say to an industrial level and still man will say but religion is the cause of so much faction so much disunity so much death no man is the cause of so much death and destruction it isn't religion and nevertheless nations kings and rulers They will say, we do not want God ruling over our lives. We are opposed to God. Who is God anyway? This God. Who is this God who says he is Lord? As Danny read out, who is the Lord? Remember Pharaoh said that many years ago. Who is the Lord that I should obey him? Who is this God? He is the Lord. There is no other. When when Jesus appeared, when he was before Herod, Herod sneered at Jesus Christ. Who do you think you are, he said. But Jesus refused to answer. Man has been rebellion against God from the very beginning. Remember, you go back to Genesis, and and mankind, very early, it says, let us build a tower, the Tower of Babel, so that we will not be scattered across the earth, so that we will be like God. We will rule. Man has always been in rebellion against God from the fall. Man's belligerence, his arrogance is absolutely astonishing. And he'll say, God, who is he? Get rid of him. He's making a mess of things. Why doesn't he do what I want? Because if you ask anyone, they'll say, if I was God, I would do this. He's not making a very good job of ruling the world. We're not happy with God's form of government who is this God? Is God upset by all of this? Is he wringing his hands saying, if only people would like me? No, no. The psalmist, he he tells us very clearly that, he, he says, he who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord holds them in derision. Then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury, saying, I have a... I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. God is not worried about what man is saying. He is patient with man. That's what Peter says in his epistle. He said, he is patient with you, not wanting any to perish. But still, man goes on doing what he's doing. The Lord scoffs at them. He's not cynical. He's not saying, "Ah, I'll get you in time to come. He says, don't you understand when will you wise up? What do we know about this God who is trying to rule the world? What, what do we know? Why should we obey this God? Well, well, you've got to know what, you've got to figure out what God is like. And, and yet, you look at the stars at the night sky. You look at last year, Evelyn and myself were in Arizona. We saw the Grand Canyon. Absolutely astonishing. You see the beauty of, of the, the west of Ireland, the sunset. You see the loveliness of creation and, and, and the Psalms tells us all creation sings his praises. The Lord God is a God who appreciates and creates beauty. That's the first thing. Oh, you look at the laws of God, the laws of nature. They make sense. It, it is one of the astonishing things that scientists will acknowledge. The laws of nature are perfect. They seem to work. They don't change. Everything is as it is because the laws of nature all work together. Or the, the laws of God that he gave us in the Ten Commandments, which are common sense for any civilization. You shall not murder, shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, do not tell lies against your neighbor. God's laws are good. That, this is the God who says, I want to rule this world. And you look at God's faithfulness to man. When, when he spoke to Abraham, he said, I will make you into a great nation. He did. When he spoke to David, he, he promised him, you will have a son who will rule forever. It is Jesus. He is coming. When God made promises, he always kept his promises. He is a faithful God. And then you look ultimately at what God is like in the person of Jesus Christ. And I, I have knocked on doors all around County Cork. I've spoken to people in the streets, and I've asked people many times, can you find any fault in Jesus Christ? No one has ever said that they have found fault in Jesus. No one can find any fault in Jesus Christ. He is the perfect man. And this is the God whom people are saying, we do not want this man to rule over us. This is the God. And God is saying, you do not realize my power, my glory, my absolute control over all things. You have no appreciation of me at all, do you? You do not realize my patience with you, my tolerance of your sin, your rebellion, my care for you and provision day by day, my compassion for you in your brokenness. But no, all I get is rebelliousness from man. And you look at the mess, God says, look at the mess that you are making of the beautiful world I gave you. I told you, go forth, multiply, rule the earth, subdue it, care for it. But no man has made an utter mess of the world. Look at what the planet is going through, God says. You've ruined it. You've destroyed each other on an industrial scale. You've despised my laws, which I gave you for your own good. And far from making yourselves happy, you're making yourselves more miserable in your behaviour. You are utterly blind to what you are doing, all your technology, all your advances, all your achievements, all your ideas. And what is it gaining for you? Are you happy? You are not. And yet you are rebelling against me and I care for you. Are you content with your life? God says, no, you're making the world. Is it making it better for your children? It is not. You are making it worse and you are unwilling to see it and God says and I sent you my son the Lord Jesus that he would teach you what I am like and save you from your sin and yet you reject him how are you treating my laws God says those laws who, who are you trying to uphold them you make your own laws and you say if anyone does not obey your laws They are more important than my laws. And God says, no, my law is for the good of man. You make your own laws and it is destructive to society and destructive to the individual. I am the Lord of creation. How dare you say my laws must submit to you? I am the Lord. That is my name. There is no other. I will not give my glory to another. I will not give my authority to another and here's how things are God says I have installed my king my son on Zion my holy hill I am establishing the kingdom of God I am establishing my kingdom I will give you a single world government I will give you a single authority but it is my son who will rule over all creation I will appoint him To be lord we should be concerned you and i about what happens in russia in ukraine in the instability in our country we should be concerned concerning the the dismissal of god's eternal laws for so-called more progressive laws of men moral issues and i am concerned when i look at the world i look at my grandchildren growing up in it And they'll have to face a world that is so volatile and immoral. But I have comfort in this. And when David wrote these words 3000 years ago, they must have seemed relevant to him, though. I'm sure he didn't exactly understand everything. But God knows the end from the beginning, from the creation of time. God knows what's happening and what is going to happen. He knows who holds ultimate power And who is ultimately in control and God says I have installed my king on Zion my holy hill he will rule them with an iron scepter he will punish all evil and destroy it forever he will establish my kingdom of righteousness one day it will happen it is not a point of debate it is no doubt it is a foregone conclusion I will have my way in this world and so Jesus he told a couple of parables told a lot of parables but Jesus told a parable in, in Luke chapter 14 just a very very short parable I'll just read what it says suppose a king is about to go to war against another king won't he first sit down and consider whether he is able with 10,000 men to oppose the, the one coming against him with 20,000 if he is not able He will send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and ask for terms of peace. Just a simple little parable. That's it. But Jesus was, was saying to, to people, one day you will stand before the the judge of all the earth. And he is saying to, to, to mankind, all of mankind, don't you understand one day you will stand before me, the nations, the rulers, Make peace. And that's that's the, the the emphasis of this psalm. Make peace while there is yet time. Kings, rulers, politicians, industrial giants, powerful men and women. Think about this, God says. Jesus also told another parable, the, the parable of, of the, the ten minas or the ten talents in Luke chapter nineteen. And and it just you know where where he gave talents to, to different servants. these says, invest this so that when I come back, I will, I will have, um, you, you will increase its, its worth. And he went on, it says, he went on to tell them a parable because he was near Jerusalem. And the people thought that the kingdom of God was going to appear at once. And he said, a man of noble birth went to a distant country to have himself appointed king and then to return, so he called ten of his servants and gave them ten minas, put this money to work, he said, until I come back. But his subjects hated him and sent a delegation after him to say, we don't want this man to be our king, we don't want this man to be our king, and that was told towards the end of Jesus' ministry, and he was emphasising the kingship of Jesus. But the attitude of mankind was, we do not want this man to rule over us. We don't want him to be our king. And yet, the psalmist is urging us here, make peace with the coming king, the Lord Jesus. It's what David said. It's what Jesus emphasized in his parables. And David said, serve the Lord with fear. Kiss the son, lest he be angry. There is anger on God's part against sin. There is destruction. There is wrath and it is coming, but it ends. It ends by saying, kiss the son lest he be angry and you perish in the way for his wrath is quickly kindled. Blessed are those who fear him. Blessed are those who take refuge in him. There is blessing for those who turn to the Lord. Therefore, he says, wise up now. Be wise. I am ready to make peace with mankind, with all the arrogance of man, all his self-confidence. Make peace while there is yet time. And I will say to you, if you are a Christian, take comfort. When you are concerned about the world you live in, when you fear for society, he who flung the stars into space He still rules. He is the king of creation. He holds the stars in place to this day. He is Lord of all creation. It is his inheritance, and he will do what is good for it. One day, every knee shall bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, serve the Lord with fear, Kiss the son. Make peace with him. Blessed are all those who take refuge in him. Let's pray and ask God's blessing. Father, we truly believe that this is the word of God. It was prophetically written many years ago by King David when he looked at the world and there was disharmony. There were nations rising. But David recognized that one day the king of creation will rule. The Lord will. Who created all things will rule over his own creation it will be the kingdom of righteousness because it will be the kingdom of God and when you spoke the words Lord Jesus when you first spoke publicly to man you said repent for the kingdom of God is at hand Lord Jesus come initiate your kingdom and bring it to pass because we are making a mess of this world I pray, Father, for the rulers of this world, whether it be governments, whether it be kings, whether it be industrial rulers, people who have done great things and invented great things, that they would acknowledge that the Lord Jesus Christ is King of creation. And one day, every knee will bow, every tongue confess that he is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Amen.